I'm proud to present the first of a series of online interviews uh, called The Only Interview by Philia Time and the first of this series of interviews is with Queen Catherine of Aragon. Good afternoon, Your Majesty, and thank you for speaking with me. May I start by asking you about your childhood? Were you a happy child? Was a child? I was happy. I had my mother and my father, and we travelled all over Spain by horse and by mule. We went to different courts and we saw many, many people. I loved my mother. I lived with her for most of the days. She taught me how to be a queen. I loved my father too, and he taught me how to be Spanish and proud. I am a proud Spaniard. Your mother was Queen of Castile, and your father was King of Aragon. They were both ruling monarchs in their own right. Was your mother a good example to you in becoming a queen? Did you follow her example? Of course I loved my mother. She was an example to me and I followed her in every way I could. She was religious. She loved the Catholic faith, and she brought it to many, many people across España. She was a queen, and she showed me how to be a queen, to be as clever as the men, to follow the teachings of Christ and the Holy Roman Church and to make decisions wisely and calmly. But your mother and father, Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand, expelled the Jews and the Moors we would know them as Muslims, from Spain. This was hardly a Christian action, was it? Christian? Of course it was Christian. They were heretics, heretics, all of them. 
and they were infecting the people, the good Christian people of Spain. How could she not act on that? They were poisonous to us, poisonous to our people. She had a message from God, from the teachings of the Holy Catholic Church. She would have been unchristian to allow these so-called people, heretics, to remain in Spain. She had to make them live and bring Spain back to being a Catholic country. And for that, she and my father, King Ferdinand, are worshipped, revered in España to this day. My apologies, Your Majesty. You must understand that in future times, these actions will not be viewed sympathetically. I am simply putting a different point of view to you. I understand, Filia. You live in times different from my own. But how sad and sinful your times must be. I am very, very sorry for you, my Filia, my friend. Now, let us continue. We are friends and we will speak together, I promise. Thank you, Your Majesty. I appreciate your patience. You must know that people in my time think differently from people in your time, and thus I may ask you questions that offend you. I do not mean to do so. I am so happy that you have agreed to meet with me in spirit and talk through the your lifetime and what has happened to you. Uh, it means a lot to me. Can we move on now to your marriage to Prince Arthur of England? Do not forget that I was destined to be Queen of England since I was three years old. I knew what my life was going to be. I knew it. So, although it was very different in England, oh, the court was so merry, so easy compared to the decorum of our Spanish court. But the royal family, they were very, very kind to me. The Queen, especially, sat up with me the night before I wed, and we were talking and drinking and dancing. She was a kind, kind woman. The King, he was a bit French, you know. 
He had lived in France for many years. Indeed, his claim to the throne of England was was a bit weak. His wife's claim was much, much stronger. But he was scared of his dynasty being supplanted by some of the old royal blood. So, before I married his son, Prince Arthur, he arranged for the Earl of Warwick, who was of the old Plantagenet blood, to be executed, just a young man. And I was told my father, King Ferdinand, had asked for him to be killed because he wanted to ensure that the throne I would inherit with Prince Arthur would be safe from Plantagenet uh, rebellions. But, you know, I cannot, I cannot bring myself to think that this was right. It was not right. The death of an innocent young man so that I would become a princess of England. My father would not have released me to England without this man being killed. And you know, Henry, Henry, my second husband, my real husband, he went on and on about our marriage being cursed because I had married his brother before. But no, if our marriage was cursed, it was because of the death of an innocent in order to smooth the way to marriage. And I, I think back on it now. And in my prayers, I beg his forgiveness. I beg the forgiveness of this innocent young man. That must have been very troubling for you. But we look at it now and we look at what King Henry VIII, your second husband, said, which was that you and Prince Arthur consummated, were intimate together, you consummated your marriage. And that meant that your marriage later to King Henry VIII, after Prince Arthur's death, was not valid because the Bible apparently says that uh, a brother cannot lie with his brother's widow. Now, one question which I can tell you people have asked over many, many years is, did you really consummate the marriage with Prince Arthur? Were you intimate with him? Were you lying when you said 
that you had not consummated the marriage? Or were you telling the truth? How dare you suggest that I was lying? I was not lying. I swear on the sacred heart of Jesu Christus that I was telling the truth. I did not consummate the marriage with Prince Arthur, or rather, he did not consummate it with me. I am angry with you for suggesting this. Surely you know that I would not, would never have lied about such a matter. It is of importance to my soul, to my soul in paradise, that I tell the truth on this. And so I will tell you what happened. We went to bed that night. We were escorted to bed, I should say, by the nobles of the court after a long, long feast where we sat and ate and listened to speeches too long, too long for anyone to remember. And then we went up to bed. I went first. I was waiting for the prince in the royal bed. And then he appeared with all his gentlemen singing and laughing. They pushed him into the door. The priest said a prayer and sprinkled holy water over us. And then we were alone. And then I was in my shift. He undressed. And do you know, poor young boy, he was so thin. His chest was so caved in, like a beggar's chest. Oh, he was so wasted and he coughed, he coughed. He came to bed with me and we talked. He was a nice boy, nice, oh yes. And then he tried to kiss me. We kissed. He put his hands on me. I find this difficult to talk about, but I must. It is my record for history. He wanted me, but he could not have me. He, I did not know at the time, he tried to become intimate with me, but he could not, he could not. In the end, he kissed me and said, good night. And I said, good night. And 
he turned and slept. I did not sleep. I did not know. Had I become a wife? I was young. I was a girl. How should I know what was meant to happen on a wedding night? I did not know. And then the next morning he is coughing and he wants to go and get a drink. So he leaves the chamber and his men are outside. And he says he is thirsty because he has been all night in Spain. He lied. I can understand he lied. He was a young man. He did not want to look weak, to look incapable. But he lied. I did not know what to do. I stayed in my chamber, crying. I talked to my ladies. Some of them I knew well. They saw my wedding sheets were not stained. And they asked me what had happened. I told them. And one lady said to me, that is not what should happen on a wedding night. My Catalina, you have not been intimate with Prince Arthur. And so I was desolate, desolate I was. But then I thought, well, maybe soon, maybe soon. And there were parties and dances and masks and I was part of a joyous merry court. And at night, Prince Arthur and me, we would sleep together. We would kiss, maybe, but nothing more. I tell you now, at pain of losing my place in paradise, I was never intimate with Prince Arthur. And you must know that I am a woman who is true in her word. So please believe me now. So your time with Prince Arthur was unfortunately cut short by his death. What happened then? It was terrible, terrible. We were living in Ludlow, near Wales. It was cold and wet. And when he died, I came back to London, a widow, a poor widow. I was living on charity. I had no money. I wanted to go home, to go to Spain. But my father 
King Ferdinand wanted the dowry he had paid returned to him. I knew that was fair. I had only been married for a few months. But King Henry, King Henry VII, he was too fond of money. He would not send back my dowry. No. So I was stuck in England. I had no income, nothing to pay my servants, my people. I was left in a limbo. And then my only friend at court, Queen Elizabeth, she died. Poor lady. She had tried to bear another baby for King Henry to make up for the death of Prince Arthur. But she had died herself and the baby. She was so kind to me and now she was gone and I was left there The king was in mourning, he would not see anyone, and then there was talk that maybe he would marry me to keep his hands on my dowry. But that, I could not wish that, and my parents, they did not accept that. No, no, it was wrong, it was wrong. And so I was left, I was left, On the edges of court, no one came to visit me. Occasionally, I went to events at court and I saw, I saw uh, Prince Henry, who was now the heir, of course. Uh, He was younger than me and a pleasant lad, a pleasant indeed. But there was nothing there really except for a bit of fun between us we liked each other and then when his father died he became king he was just short of his 18th birthday I was some years older than him not much and I did not expect this. I did not at all. But just a day after his father's death, he came to me and he asked me to become his queen. His queen. Queen of England. My destiny. Oh, could not believe it. He was such a lovely young man. He was so good to me. He married me and we became king and queen together. And then, yes, I was fully married. I knew what it was like to be a wife and he was such a husband he was so beautiful 
at that time. A young, strong man, and he loved me so much. He called himself Sir Lawyer Hart when he was jousting. He wore my favours, and he loved me. I knew what love was, and for that I loved him. He was, he is my husband of all time, and I still love him. Although he has done me wrong, I still love that young man who carried my favour into the joust. I still love him. I always will. So the early days were good. And uh, you had a good marriage with King Henry VIII. But it is the duty of a queen to produce an heir. And in your marriage, you had six pregnancies and produced only one live birth. I ask you, was that not a failure for you as a queen? You are incorrect. I had two live births. One was Princess Mary, but first I had Prince Henry, Henry, after his father, due to become King Henry VIII. That prince was born live from me and lived for weeks after the birth. I was churched, we had celebrations, we had jousts, we had a christening for the new prince, Prince Henry. There were bells rung all over England. The streets of London were full of parties, of dancing, of wine and jollity. I had a prince, but he only lived for a few weeks. And then God took him from me. I cannot tell you how grief-stricken I was. And Henry was. My husband was. We both knew that God had taken our son. But it was not my fault. He was ill. He became ill and he died. And then the other children. Yes, children, babies. Not stillbirths or dead on birth. No, they were angels. They were children of God. And... I hope to see them sometime. I had six babies, but only one 
survived to become an adult, Princess Mary. But that did not mean I was a failure as queen. I was a success. You need to look at my record as queen. And I did provide an heir. Princess Mary was my heir. And she was as clever, as brave, as regal as any prince. She was a good heir. And I did my duty. So do not, never forget that. Your Majesty, your mother, Queen Isabella of Castile, was a queen in her own right. That is, she was able to command her troops, her lords, her ladies in her own right, not because she was married to a king. Now, you married King Henry VIII and as such you are or were a queen consort. Your power depended on him. He asked you, he made you regent when he went to France to fight. And at that time in 1513, the Scots were threatening the northern border of England. You rallied your troops and sent them into battle where they won at Flodden Field and where the Scottish king was killed. Whereas King Henry VIII had a minor royal victory in France and then returned. Did you ever feel yourself to be in competition with King Henry VIII? Did you not feel that with your ancestry and with your abilities as a queen, you were as good as he was. What nonsense! What do they teach you in your age? It is written in the Bible that women should be subject to men, wives to their husbands. I worked for Henry when he was in France. I governed the kingdom for him, for him, not for me. I did it as an obedient wife. I did it as he wished. Now, you may talk of my mother, of course, she was a queen in her own right. But that was an exception, an exception. I have nothing against women ruling, governing. Sometimes it happens. And then we must be clever, brave and spirited just as men are. But it is the way of things, of life, that wives must submit to husbands. So, my daughter Mary will become a great queen. I know that.
But she will also marry and as a wife she will submit to her husband. That is the way of things. That is how it was and will be. Competition? How can there be competition between a man and his wife? As your marriage went on, your husband, King Henry VIII, had affairs with other women. What did you make of them? Nothing. They were not important at all. I make nothing of them. But what of Anne Boleyn, who went on to replace you as Queen? Surely she was not nothing. Ah, right. She was not nothing. She was a witch. She bewitched the king. All the others were nothing. They mattered nothing. A man has his appetites. I do not like it, but I turn my eyes away. For I am the queen and Henry is the king. And nothing can change that. But Anne, Anne Boleyn, that witch, she put a spell on my husband and instead of lying with him and giving him a child maybe even a bastard who cares instead of that instead of doing what her sister did and giving the king what he wanted for two three years and then done no, Anne holds out against him, says she is religious, religious pish. She is a witch and she put a spell on my husband. And it was my duty as a Christian woman to fight her, to fight that great concubine that took my husband. Did you think you would win? Yes, of course I did. And I lost Henry. But in the court of the Holy God, in the records of history, I won. I am the queen the Queen of Henry VIII, and I will always be that. I won, I won, do not make any mistake about that. Thomas Cromwell, Henry's minister, who arranged for his divorce from you, said once of you, Nature wronged her in not making her a man, but for her sex she would have surpassed all the heroes of history. What do you make of that? Ah, Thomas Cromwell. I respect him as an enemy. I respect him 
for his intelligence and his persistence. And yes, he was courteous always and never patronizing. So I accept his compliment on my bravery. I accept that he is right, but I must tell him that as a woman, there are accomplishments which he will never be aware of. And I am proud that as a woman, I did surpass many heroes of history. Thank you very much for answering all my questions so honestly. I have found it fascinating to talk with you. May I just finish by asking you a few quickfire questions. First of all, gablehood or Frenchhood? <laughs> oh, gablehood! And now, uh, France or Spain? Do you need to ask? España, but of course. Woolsey or Cromwell? Hmm, both enemies of mine. But Woolsey was a fat, patronizing old man who spoke to me as if I was a child. Thomas Cromwell, yes, Cromwell. He appreciated my intelligence. He respected me as I respected him. Greenwich Palace or the Alhambra? The Alhambra was so beautiful. Oranges, pomegranates, my symbol, the pomegranate. Yes, it was beautiful. But Greenwich, Greenwich Palace, where King Henry and I spent our first years together, that will always be my favourite for it reminds me of those days when I was blessed beyond all women to have such a wonderful husband as King Henry. Prince Arthur or King Henry VIII? It must be, it must be, my husband, King Henry the eighth, who I love and admire, who is a good king, despite what has happened. He will always be the love of my life, and I pray God to bless him. And on that note, Queen Catherine of Aragon, may I thank you so much for your time 
and your insights. May God go with you. It hath been my pleasure, my dear. Thank you.